We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aikman is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, close to the end zone. Olsen, touchdown! Brian Burns to the house! And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three. One, two, three. He pounded Oh, that intro, I'm telling you, now more than ever, is relevant. It's opening day weekend. You listen to some of those great moments from Panthers lore. Sam Mills, as called by the great Pat Summerall. The Greg Olson dagger in Seattle 2015. Sam Rosen on the call. And, of course, Steve Smith, ex-clown. Dick Stockton on that call as well. You hear some other names in that intro. Names you know well, DJ Moore. There's another name we're going to talk about tonight a little bit. That Brian Burns guy, he's, he's kind of good at his job. <laughs> he's hes a little bit of a ball player, it turns out. Uh, we are going to talk with somebody who knows Brian Burns probably as well as anybody on the planet. And besides that, th- this particular individual, this gentleman as I'll call him, is a Panthers OG, okay? We, we call these guys Panthers OG. Guys that go back in the Brinson Buckner, Al Wallace, Julius Peppers era, the John Fox days. This individual, this gentleman, is better known these days to many as Lucci, as Hype Man. We're going to get to that later on and let him tell you about that journey. But I simply call him Stan, and I'm proud to call him a friend. It's Stanley McClover, former Carolina Panther, current Carolina Panther Hype Man, Currently doing about 50,000 things at once. Stanley, we're doing it, baby. What's going on? Welcome back. Let's get hype, baby. <laughs> he is. Uh, yes, sir. I'm back with my boy. You and I got to know each other through talking film, through talking about your brother's development. You were on our podcast a while back, and that was a hoot, man. But we got to meet up in Spartanburg. And yes, sir. I'm going to tell you, one thing I loved was how focused you were on one person. And I think you know who I'm talking about. He wears a 53, and he he goes by Spider-Man, Brian Burns. Folks, if I could just paint a picture for you. I've never seen anybody in the media, a fan, 
as zoned in as you were watching what was going on and not just with with brian but with the entire defensive line but but how proud are you of this young man this florida state superstar who goes way back in the florida bloodlines there in high school football and has just developed his toolbox we watch the tape we both do just a remarkable talent Hype man, give me the lowdown on where Brian Burns is going into 2021. Man, Brian, Brian's ready, man. He he he's so focused this year. Um, the maturity level is there. You know, me being a DN and being his big brother, I understand that in year three, everything pretty much slows down in the game, and you become more of a student of the game in year three. And as it goes on, you just get better and better, like wine. And uh, mm-hmm. I've just been seeing him so dialed in and focused. It, it's, it's something new. I, I haven't seen him this focused before. So it's, it's something that I, I'm, I'm so excited to see him go out there and do his thing, man. It, his body's looking good. He's, he's healthy. And he, uh, he, he's, made, he's, he's been made captain this year. And I just see that hunger in him, man. And I see the fire in his eyes. That it, it's that year that he's going to really do some special things that more than what he's done already. Well, let me tell you, when when the captains came out, I was glad to see they they named a few guys that deserved it with that C on their chest there. But Brian, just, you know, and and we've talked, Billy Marshall and I, our co you know Billy well, he co-hosts the War Podcast with me here from time to time. And and we have talked about what a complete player Brian has been. And I think I go back to to one particular snap, and, and it's not glamorous, but it was that Colts game his rookie year. And that was when uh-huh. the, the interim coach, Perry Fuel, had him out there a gunner. And there was a punt return that could have gone the distance. And Brian was the – and just like on just about any time you put on the tape, Burns and Chen are the two guys on that defense that move fast as anybody else on the field. And Burns chased down that punt returner and saved the touchdown in a game where guys were checking out. Brian, yeah, Stanley, you know the business. You know when you get late in the season, guys start checking out. And mm-hmm. Ryan showed sure. me something on that tape, and I'll never forget that. And to see him turn into a captain and, and to carry on that legacy with other great defensive ends from this team, such as Charles Johnson from the past, Julius Peppers, Kevin Green. You know, these are guys that were leaders on the defense. What does that mean to Brian? I'm sure you've had a chance to talk to him being named a captain for this year. He's got to be just friggin' ecstatic to be you know, not only just get to see on the chest, but just to be considered by his peers as a team leader. Man, he's excited, man. This this is something that uh we we we've always worked hard for. Uh, me just trying to uh, mentor him and, and teach him how to be a leader, and him just stepping into that leader role on his own. Man, it's it, it's been dope just watching him transform. You know, he's he's young, man. He's twenty three years old, so. Mm-hmm. He had to step up and be a grown man real fast. You know, I'm proud of him, and um, just for the for the team to acknowledge him as a captain, you know that 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 speaks volumes to what they what they feel about him uh, going into year three as a young defensive end. Uh, I think the team really is going to rally behind him and, and, and uh, support him because I think that uh, they, they see that he has the talent, man, to to really transcend the game. Any game that he's in, man, he, he can really take over that game. And if he can just tap into that potential and stay there, you know, they even the team knows that we have something very special in Brian Burns. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, we well, one thing we try to do, Stanley, you know, I'm just going to be straight with you here, buddy, because we, we keep it real. You and I both. 
We don't want to mm-hmm, slander. Sure. We, we don't want to slander anybody in that locker room, and we're going to be very careful because mm-hmm. I know you've got relationships there. Uh, but we're going to get in some matchups. Yes, we're going to get into some matchups here when we talk about this Jets game that that do concern me. But one thing I've noticed about this defense when I watch them at camp, and I know you spent some time at Wofford, you spend you know quite a bit of time at the stadium there, watching this team, is the speed on defense with. You know, Burns, what what he needed was a Yatur Gross Mottos last year on the other side. And unfortunately, he had some growing pains with, with, with some issues in his rookie season, but played very well when he was on the field. And then you got a Marcus Haynes, mm-hmm. who was a very good rotational rusher. Christian Miller, unfortunately, has it's moved tough. on to Pittsburgh. But now you got Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick, to me, mm-hmm. you know, a Temple guy, a Matt Rule guy plays the the Sam backer but also can put his hand in the dirt at wide nine and some of the highlight tape from from him last year the all 22 stuff the the the, the versatility from which he he was able to get to the quarterback was impressive what do you make of that when you look at this defense when you start with that front line how excited is your brother how excited are you as a defensive lineman to see what they're building up front Man, I'm very excited, man. And, I, and, and, and hats off to Scott Fitterer, man. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I put it on my Twitter the other day, man. He's bringing back that Legion of Doom 2.0 over here. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's looking for guys with length and speed. I see it already. I see mm-hmm. exactly what he's doing, man, and, and, and I love it. I mm-hmm. think that's something that's going to be great for us defensive-wise. Um, as far as our front seven, oh, man. I, I, I'm so very excited about our front seven, man. The the addition of these guys, man, these veterans that we brought in with Fox. Um, I, I really love Fox, by the Fox way. Fox is a player, by the way. He's going to be a great penetrator. You, and you mentioned he's a Fox, player, bro. Fox he's, he's is versatile as player. hell. There, there's a there's a all-22 clip I posted in that preseason game. You know what I'm talking about, where they pinned him mm-hmm. Dean Baltimore. Yes, and sir. Huntley got his head ripped off down there. And and Fox was I think Fox is a three tech, but he can also play five tech. He can play, you know, on the edge. And and I, I I'm with you, man. I thought Fitterer nailed it with that uh, Morgan Fox signing. Yeah, well, it was it was it was something where you can tell that it, it is homework on our team. We had some young and, and not taking nothing away from our young guys because you got. Everybody got to realize there's a rookie curve when it comes to football. Mm-hmm. You I don't care who you are. Every every rookie is gonna go through some type of curve. I mean, you got some your exceptional ones, but that's still at the end of the day, it's a huge transition from college to the National Football League. Yeah. So you have to expect that. So last year we had a lot of a lot of rookies out there that played big, but you mm-hmm. need to have that veteran presence on the team when you're trying to make it deep in the playoffs and possibly the Super Bowl. You have to have veterans on the team that can help those young guys along the way. Um, and I think that our, our front seven, with the addition of those veterans, man, it really puts us in the, it, in the NFC South. It puts us at the top of the charts, with, with right there with Tampa and, and anybody else. You know, we we able to compete at a high level this year, and I and I, I'm very excited about it. And our linebacker play has been tremendous. You know, Shaq Thompson mm-hmm. and Jermaine Carter, man, I, I couldn't ask for two better linebackers than that. And our back end, I love it. I love our back end. And I just think uh, if we can, if we can, if, if we can play with some type of lead, or you know, just score some points with the defense that we have, man, I see us winning a lot of games in the future, bro. 
Well, that's encouraging to hear. Brian uh, Burns is a big part of that, your brother, of course, and we'll continue to talk about Brian throughout the season. But, uh, you know, just a fascinating story. I want to give a, a, a hat tip real quick to Joe Person. Uh, you and I talked about Joe at camp, and uh, Joe sat down with you and, and, and talked about your relationship with your brother, Brian Burns. I would encourage you guys mm-hmm. to go search out this article. It's sort of nationally acclaimed now. Your brother needs you. Joe Person chronicled your story and Brian's better than I could. Obviously, I think you and I talked about this months ago on, on podcast form, but we mm-hmm. were hooting and hollering. We had, it was a wild <laughs> episode, man. We never really had a chance to, to take that deep dive. And I loved reading some of the details chronicling his development and some of which we talked about you and I've talked about over the past couple of years. But I'm telling you what, man, this is a conference in transition right now with the NFC. And it's a seven-year rebuild, obviously, in a lot of fans' minds with Mad Rule's contract. But I think you got to start thinking, and you played for John Fox, obviously, so this is going to hit home with you. Foxy, when, mm-hmm. when you were you were back at Auburn, I believe, or maybe even in high school, Foxy took over a team that in, in year one, obviously, a 1-15 team the year before. It was a George Seifert team. My good friend Luther Broughton played on that team and said it felt like it took five years to get that season over. It was it was the worst nightmare of his career. <laughs> Seifert was an impossible coach to play for, and that team was as lame duck as anybody out there. And then Foxy comes in and, and, and creates a culture. And we've talked about that word culture, you know. He, mm-hmm. One of the first things he told the team, it's, it's a famous old lore, is he said, you know, look, you're not tough enough to win in this league. Some of you guys are not going to be here. And we're going to weed wow. out. We're going to weed out the weak ones and keep the strong ones. Hey, the strong ones were Mike Rucker, were Brinson Buckner, guys like yes, that sir. that were holdovers and they maintain what i hope to see is another new york guy in matt rule who reminds me a lot of foxy in terms of his grit in terms of his ability to get in there and coach with a little more oh, yeah. attitude um what do you make of the matt rule regime so far let's just talk about matt specifically man i'm gonna be honest with you john i i got a chance to meet a man uh being being a hype man uh, I was doing the interview, and he was he was there doing the interview as well. And I introduced myself, and he was telling me that he knew me from Fan Fest and stuff like that. And uh, just just talking to him for like 15 minutes, I seen that this guy has what it takes to be a great NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. I did. He definitely reminds me of a young John Fox. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I tell you all the time, John, I freaking love John Fox, man. Oh, yeah. That that's 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 my coach. That's mm-hmm. that's my guy. Yeah. I mean, that's a player's coach. All day long, he give you tough love, but he make you want to just run through a brick wall for him because he's going to praise you when you do good as well. And, man, I, I mean, we had the type of relationship where I'd pick him up in the air and run down the field with him. You know, I was just <laughs> – I just loved the guy. So it was it was something beautiful, man. And, yeah. and being around all those guys, when I got to Carolina, it was more like a um, a family-based team. Yeah. You know, these guys was older. You had Rupp, Chris Jenkins, and all these – Big time guys. Let me. By the way, let me let me, get, let me interrupt. You. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you. I I I did the the due diligence of pulling up that depth chart from that season. I'm gonna give you some names that'll throw you back. Yes, sir. Right? How about the original Cam yes, Newton? Sir. Remember Cam Newton, the safety. He was from Furman. Yes, sir. Of yeah. course. There was a, there was a Cam course. Newton that played yes, for Carolina in 2000. A lot of the non OGs don't know this, but there was a Cam Newton from Furman who was a DB. <laughs> with you guys. I don't think he really but here here's some dogs right here. Look at his line. Chris Jenkins, 
Kimoatu. Yes, sir. Damian Lewis, highly underrated yes, with the Rams and with the Panthers. There's Stanley McClover. Highly our underrated. Yep. Julius Peppers, yes, of course. Sir. Big Al Wallace. I mean, look, the, if there's like a, a sixth man award NBA equivalent to defensive lineman, he is that. He could start for half the league back then. And then who yes, could forget Kendall sir. Moorhead? Moorhead made some damn plays Come in his on, time man. here. And that's a damn Moorhead. good group. Damn good group. And I just wanted to reminisce on that, you know, as we continue to talk about this line developing. South Sunseri, and you mentioned John Fox, just a, a true defensive guy, you know, and, and came up in that Jim Fossil coaching tree and coached a great defensive player in Michael Strahan. Jesse Armstead was a part of his defense. And then South Sunseri is your position coach. Now you got a, a different type of defensive staff in a way. And, and I'm not just saying from an attitude perspective. I don't know Phil Snow personally, but I know a lot of people who do. We talked to Cody Alexander, who knows his schematics very well on Twitter as a former Baylor assistant. And he can't say enough good things about Phil. But Phil is very multiple in what he does. Phil likes to move guys around. Phil is all about stacking that 3-3-3 look, as you know, three deep safeties, and he'll throw a lot of curveballs at you. You and I have talked in the past about letting Brian be Brian, and I heard Brian mention in his presser this week mm-hmm. talking about, you know, Phil Snow had mentioned and Matt Rule had mentioned, look, he's a lot like Jeremy Chin. We can line him up anywhere. And somebody asked him, what do you want to do? And I think his answer was something like, what do you think I want to do? I want to rush. <laughs> Just, I, I, I thought of you, man, when I heard that because it just it 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 struck home the mentality that he has. Get him in wide nine. Get him out there in a position where he can use his bend and his traits. So, what what are your expectations for how they'll deploy Brian this year specifically? Are you, do you think it's going to be? Still a little bit of coverage at times. Do you think you know it's it's where where is Brian in his development in terms of the complete toolbox? Is he able to do all of that? Where does he need to continue to grow as a player? Um, I'll be honest with you, John, man. And, and people people don't really get the depth of, of what I be saying when I say this, but I actually, John, you can you wanted the one you wanted the people that I love to talk to because. You, you you really have a respect for back in the day. Mm-hmm. And John, man, I played with Julius Peppers. I spent three years with this man. Mm-hmm. And and what I seen was a defensive end that could play any position on defense. Oh, yeah. Period, point, blank. Yeah. Linebacker, safety, cornerback, mm-hmm. defensive end, defensive tackle, it don't matter. He could play any position. Yeah. So when I see something like Brian Burns, just because it has nothing to do with he's my brother, all I'm talking about the straight talent. Mm-hmm. This guy can really, just like um, Matt Rule said the other day, he's positionless. He can play any position on the defense. Right. So I think this year, I think he's proven that he's mature enough to handle these different type of roles that they're going to allow him to do this year. Because he, 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 you have to get to a certain level where you where you want to do these things, you know. Coach can ask you to do, he can ask you to drop in coverage. You can drop just to drop, or you can drop with purpose to get a, to get an interception. Yeah. So Brian's at that point now where if he's going to drop now, he's dropping to get an interception. He's not dropping just to play around back there. And yep. when he gets and then when he gets a chance to rush the passer, he's, you, you and me both know he's getting there in 1.5 seconds. 
Well, I'm going to tell you, another guy that, that I've learned a ton from, a good good friend of both of ours, is Matt Bowen from ESPN, who does tremendous work with Greg Cosell on the NFL matchup, which premieres this weekend. Uh, it's one of the best football shows on television, maybe the best, because they, they it's, it's just no bullshit. Stanley, they just they, they just run the tape. They tell you what's going on. There's no fluff. There's no rumors. There's no bullshit. It's just tape, and I love that show. And, and when we had Bowen on our podcast, Billy and I, we talked about Brian, and, and it, you could oh, you couldn't see him because it was an audio podcast, but you could feel his eyes light up. You know, Bowen's a former defensive guy, mm-hmm. played safety, and he coaches high school now. But he lit up when I mentioned Brian Burns's name, and talked about the toolbox filling up in terms of his skill set, the the elite traits that we look for in an edge rusher. And Bowen mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, the development year after year, even with injuries, even fighting through things. That's why I talked about that first season. Remember, he had the wrist deal, and he, he still got a hold of Matt Ryan in that blowout and that two-point conversion. Yes, sir. Little things that flash mm-hmm. like that on tape when there's nothing on the line. You know, I think that's the thing. Guys like Bowen and good evaluators around the league look at that more than mm-hmm. they do, you know, d- you know, an easy sack maybe. And that, like the Detroit game, it was a feeding fucking frenzy <laughs> last year. And For I, real, I think, man. I think I the first yeah, day, a couple, couple of those were, were, were probably a little easier than they should have been. But, but when he gets home, he makes you feel it. And that's where he reminds me of Peppers. One thing I loved about Julius, and you can talk about this, is, man, they would line him up on the end. And they would drop his ass in in a zone blitz, and he would mm-hmm. do it every year. He would pick a ball off. It seems and <laughs> go with it. He'd go with it, man. You remember that? it was like 2004. They were in Denver. You've been up there. Mm-hmm. You know how thin that shit is. That air. Yes, sir. He he, yes, sir. he 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 had Jake Plummer at the pylon on a, on a little boot keeper, and he had to run Almost the little. And then the next play, he goes 93 yards on an interception, runs out of gas. But, <laughs> and I, I see that from Burnsy, man. I, I, your brother is just yeah. next level. I, I do want to talk about some of what's going on with defensive concepts. Last year, Carolina was a cover three team. Okay, and I think a lot of that was with Rasul Douglas. Dante Jackson wasn't healthy. Troy Pride was a rookie, by the way, who's hurt now. And, and we're praying for Troy. He's a Greer guy right down yeah, the road. Yeah, in my neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you hate to see that from a young, promising corner. But I don't think they're going to play as much C3 this year. I, I think they're going to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get a little more aggressive in terms of how they try to get after it. They've got J.C. Horn. They've got Dante now healthy. Um, help, Help our listeners understand what schematically do you think will change this year in terms of coverage for Carolina? 
something that I'm very excited about. I, I really think we're going to go man, way more man this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, we was, we was in a lot of zone yeah. last year, and that's what that's why you will see that ball spit out so fast mm-hmm. so many times during the year. I don't think we had the confidence that we that we would like to have in our cornerbacks last year. So I think this year, uh, with the addition of J.C. Horn, and then you got uh, Dante Jackson that's healthy and ready to go, then you got Chen back here at safety and Burris. I mean, man, mm. we, we really got a great secondary. So I, I see a lot of man press this year. I see a lot of corner black cornerback blitz this year. I see a lot of I see a lot of different uh nickel packages coming our way. Um because it just when you can go man, it gives you more flexibility than your play calling. It lets your D line run and do what they need to do, it lets you run games up front, it lets your linebackers uh focus more on that pass drop. So it's a lot of things that happens uh, when you got great cornerbacks that can that can really go man on the outside. So I think that this year we'll see a whole lot of man and, and press coverage, which will give our D-line a lot of time to get home. Let me tell you something. Uh, James Bradbury was outstanding in terms of his ability to be multiple. He was a good press corner, but he was also exceptional in zone. He was a very complete player. Not flashy, but a very sound fundamentally technical player very good and he's doing good things in new york uh, you remember the name ken lucas man ken lucas is my guy let me Y'all, let me tell you, you something ken, kenny <laughs> lucas what I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say it to you real quick and i want to get your feedback on this jc horn reminds me a lot of kenny lucas and, and here's why they have the similar comparison well i think you know horn's got to keep working man, on that tackle dug, carolina always under fox from year one was able to, with four, again, a rotation of four, get home. And they, they weren't strong at corner in that Super Bowl year. They had Terry Cousins. They had Reggie Howard. The guys that a lot of people wouldn't ever heard of. Ricky Manning was a dog inside. He was a he was a he was a hell of a nickel corner. But they didn't have a lot in terms of dynamic mm-hmm. press corners. 2005. This is the year before you got there. They brought Lucas in, and they still had Pep in the rotation. Uh, that's the year Jenkins went down, unfortunately. But they had Rucker. And then when they could get home with mm-hmm. four, and they played more man press with Lucas because he was, man, Lucas was mauling people. He was assaulting people yes, out there. Yes, he was. And I think J.C. Yes, Horn, if you put on the tape from his USC days, he gives you that trait. He gives you that Jalen Ramsey feel. Now, he's got a long way to go, but I think you're right. right, you, know, if right. You, you can just speak to this. How important as a defensive lineman is it to have that outside, and how important is it for a corner knowing, hey, I can man up, and there's four dogs up there that can get home, and we're not bringing extra pressure. And, John, it's just like trying to make macaroni with no cheese. <laughs> Here, it goes hand and John, it goes hand in hand. You cannot have macaroni without cheese. So if you got, if you can't have an awesome D-line without good cornerbacks. Yeah. You can't have good cornerbacks without an awesome D-line. So when the D-line has the, the cornerbacks that can that can go in man press and give them just that one more second that we may need, mm-hmm. that it changes the whole game because the game is that comes down to inches and seconds. So most of the time, you're a second late, and that second could be that set. So um, having a, having a great having great corners on the outside plus a great defensive line, man, it just it just spells success because. It, it just goes hand in hand. It's a great ingredient 
to apply pressure and to create turnovers. We're going to get to the offense here in a minute and then finish breaking down this game, and then I want to talk to you about your new role and your brand and everything you're doing. We're going to get to plug in on that, don't worry, because Stanley, uh, folks, and y'all know him. He is the hype man for the Carolina Panthers, but more importantly to me, he's a friend. He's a former NFL player. He's a guy who knows the tape. He loves the game, and I love talking football with people who love and know the game, so this is great. One thing I'll say defensively that I, I noticed at camp, you can't take too much from camp offensively they keep things pretty vanilla right. uh, and you know that you've been around defensively it's a little different in preseason games you'll see a little more of the true looks that you'll see because defensive coordinators in the preseason they're not afraid to light shit up they'll do it one thing snow was doing a lot of i noticed and this was in the colts game this was also in the joint practice against the ravens i know he's listed as a free but you know better chin was on that line, <laughs> almost every other <laughs> passing down, and they were bringing. Right. Did you notice that there against even against Saints? Yes, sir. They were bringing. Yes, they sir. were dialing up some heat, and they were dialing up blindside mm-hmm. heat. They had. I saw your brother. I saw fifty three with twenty one off the blindside, and I said, "Oh shit, that's that's the most frightening thing I've ever seen." And they got there in yes, about sir. a second and a half. You talk to me about Chin, mm-hmm. man. He is Steve Atwater's nephew. He's got the bloodlines just like your brother does just like J.C. Horn does. I mean, that's part of the fun part about Mm -hmm. this defense is the bloodlines involved. But Chen can do so much for you. Do you expect him to be a true free safety? Because I don't. I think he's still going to play everywhere on the field. Yeah, I I mean, safety is just somewhere to put him at for now, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Chen can play any damn way you want to (laughs) play. I'm just going to be honest with you. When you got that kind of dog and heart, you can play on any, you can play wherever you want to play. Yeah. So I mean, and the man is so exceptionally fast out there on that field. He his his game time speed is is way oh, different than dude. his clock speed. It's unreal. So it's unreal. The, the the man and, and a lot of that John is want to right. Yeah, oh, dude, um, you it, can, totally. You can have a, a certain top speed, but when you actually want it really bad to hit somebody, you'll run a little faster. Your, your brother has that too. Your brother has that a lot. Uh, and that's one thing I, I mentioned back in his rookie season. That uh, One thing I look for, the Houston game was a good example, where they gave Deshaun Watson fits, by the way. And, and Burns was a huge part of that. Uh, you know, they had some different rotational guys back then as well. Mario Addison playing inside a three technique was always fun. That little NASCAR package. I love that, man. When you yeah, get he, you, Brian loved that package too. Oh, you get him into third and seven plus? That's, that's an old New York Giants thing from those Super Bowl win against yeah, that, that's uh, when you pin your ears back yeah man you and you get you get yourself a, a defensive end at three technique and third and 11 oh shit I mean and, and that's what I love about what you see with the Burns but also Chin there was a play and again I'm probably boring half our audience here but it, you know too fucking bad just <laughs> go, go find another show <laughs> we're talking football you put on the all 22 of that Packers game last year and I saw that defense come to life. I saw growth. I saw energy. You had Carter in there instead of Tahir Whitehead. There was some growth there. But there was one play Mm -hmm. Chin made, and nobody remembers it. He was mugged up on the line. He did this a lot last year. And he actually went Mm -hmm. in to kind of be mugged up and kind of looped out into a blitz position on the weak side. And he was engaged a lot on the strong side, rather. He was engaged a little bit. They throw a check down. Aaron Rodgers throws a check down. The back gets it. 
He's about 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage, ahead of the line of scrimmage at that point. It's about a 10 yard check down. Mm-hmm. Chin reroutes, and I, I, I'll pull the clip for you, Stan. You may have seen it. I've never mm-hmm. seen a motor like that from a Panther safety in my life, and there's been some damn good ones. He got there mm-hmm. so fast, and it was like, he reminds me of Thomas Davis. He does. He he gets there. Oh, yeah, acceleration. Acceleration, and he gets there in a bad fucking mood. And he always yes, yes, tries to make you hurt. And it's a throwback yes. type of player. But his yes, motor, is. his motor, dude, I'm telling you, he, he is going to be, assuming he stays healthy, man, just going to be hey, John, one of those guys. He's going to be one of those guys actually, we talk about in 10 years. I don't know if you actually seen this kid up close and personal, but, John, yeah. this kid, neck and, and, and arms <laughs> and legs is so yeah. long. I mean, you would he think. Is. I mean, he's made to play football. He is. Period. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a hell of an athlete, man. I, I, it was a great job by Carolina by bringing him in, man. That was great scouting on, on, on Marty's part. No, no, nothing taken away from Scott, but at the time that Marty brought him in. Nah, man. And that, man. Hey, look, Marty. That, that was that was that was one hell of a uh, uh, that was one hell of a signing right there. That he's a Hall yeah. of Famer. I see it. I mean, I just, I just see it. Look, a guy like that, he, 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 all he has to do is just stay healthy. I give he, them a ton of credit. Here's why: I, I had a mock draft about a month before that draft, and I had Isaiah Simmons. And no disrespect, he's a Clemson guy. I love Clemson. Of course, I work for the iHeart Radio Clemson coverage, and we got a big game tomorrow. But Simmons was a guy that I thought would be a very good piece in this defense. And Simmons is mm-hmm. – I don't know if it's Simmons' fault. It may be Vance Joseph. It may be Kingsbury trying to find his best fit. But he was very much a tweener. And and they got what Simmons was supposed to be in a later round with Chin. Chin was a 4 mm-hmm. four five forty 40-yard dash guy. I mean, the combine right. – when I saw him at the combine, dude, and, and with that neck – and just his, his – his, his functional strength that he has at that position, uh, I was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, this is a guy to keep an eye on. And I'm glad that they moved in another direction and went with Derek Brown. Obviously, Brown, a lot of people were worried that he would be just uh, you know, sort of a run-stuffing. No, he's turned into a pretty decent pass rusher, and he's he's starting to come on now. But I, I'm telling you, Chin is an exciting player, and, and, and Brian Burns, and I'm excited to see this young defense grow together, man. Yeah, me too, brother. So let's me talk too, off, let, Let's talk offense for just a minute. I know you got. I mean, you're probably signing 50 t-shirts right from you now. <laughs> you, you get, is, is Brian there? By the way, be honest. Is, is yes, there? He's definitely. He, he's definitely there talking. <laughs> is he? Back, is that Brian Burns? Yeah, he's talking back there. Get he's him over here. Come on now. <laughs> Come on, man. He in the middle of playing cards with the family, man. I, I ain't well, we, you, we'll get him, brother. I promise. We're, we're gonna let's say you leave, leave Brian. Listen, leave Brian alone. Let the man get in his headspace <laughs> for a hell of a season opener coming up. I think that's yes, hilarious sir. that Brian is there, just just hanging. Man, players are just people, man. Oh so, man, I, I think when the fans and, the, and and people realize, man, these guys they're just regular people, man. They were an extraordinary talent. Yeah, but I mean, they love the same things that any any yeah. regular person loves. Absolutely, they love to kick back and have fun. We're just regular people, man. That's that's why I, I just love being in the position that I'm in as hype man because I can yeah I can really meet everybody in the middle, well, man. For I used to be a player 
and a fan, so I know I know exactly how it feels, man. Yeah, you you you're no company man. Either. That's the thing I love about you. You're working you're working for the team, and you're providing some energy in that stadium. And, and for a long time, it needed it. Trust me, because been some lean years and you got to manufacture that and the crowd back in the stands that's going to be big i want to talk about that in a minute but offensively here's what i love and here's where i'm concerned and you tell me what you think all right okay uh i love mccaffrey being back i love i love this tight end addition with dan arnold i got a chance to watch him at camp this guy's six foot six, two forty. He moves like a wide receiver. Reminds me of Patrick Jeffers from back in the day. He is a wide receiver mm-hmm. trait tight end, sort of a Jimmy Graham, you tight end that can move around and do things. And I think he's going to be split in the slot wide more than he will be in line. So I love that addition. Taylor Moten locking mm-hmm. him up. That's big. Robbie DJ, and then all of a sudden you got Terrace Marshall as the power slot. I mean, he is a powerful right. inside receiver that can play the boundary X. He can play the Y. He can play the Z. He's all over the field. The offensive line, obviously, Cam Irving, left tackle. Look, he's a pro. He's a journeyman. He's played a lot of snaps. I respect mm-hmm. him. I, I'm, I'm concerned if he can hold up for 17. Pat Elfline, mm-hmm. I have concerns about mm-hmm. that. Paradis is a mm-hmm. rock-solid guy. He's a team captain. He doesn't miss games. I think he's fine. John Miller's out for COVID at right guard. Now you got Dennis Daly plugged in, who's a rotational guy, and then Taylor Moten. If you're the Jets, what can you do to get Sam Darnold uncomfortable? Um, Honestly, I'm going to be G with you, um, John. Right now, what I, what I see – at practice and what I what I know and what I know uh, these coaches are, are great at doing which is finding the right nucleus uh, right now the fans might can't see what's going on behind closed doors but I do yeah. you know I see I see I see what the coach is doing with, with our uh, offensive line and, it, and it's going to work for us I really believe that and you, you know the offensive line play has a lot to do with the quarterback as well yeah. and I think that Sam Darnold is very experienced enough to what he was dealing with in, in New York, to come over here, it, it'll, it'll be light years better than where he was in New York. So I think that uh, even even with what we have going on, he, he will he will flourish in our offense because he has that leadership, and and he, and these guys want to block for Sam. I think Sam is a he's a great guy. He, he's different. He's definitely definitely different from what we what we used to. You think but he has that? <laughs> Just a little bit, right? <laughs> right. But he has that. He has the intangibles yeah. to uh, manage the game really good. Not also manage it, but put 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 together some nice game winning and drives. I believe he can do it, and he has the uh, the weapons that's needed to make it happen. You know, like well, like we said, he's not afraid to use this tight end, and that right there is a great thing for a quarterback. Well, it was non-existent. It was non-existent last year. There was no tight that, end That's all I'm saying, John. At all. And I, I'm not I'm saying that's Ian Thomas's fault because I like Ian. I'm actually pretty bullish yeah, on his. Good. He's pretty a good, good athletic kid. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think schematically they had some some – some wrinkles there where the tight end was more of a clearance player. They they did some route mm-hmm. concepts that cleared out a lot of what Robbie and DJ did. And I think so much of what Bridgewater was, rhythm, timing, passer. Like Tua, mm-hmm. kind of like Mac Jones. They're the same type mm-hmm. of player. Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what you yep, do with Teddy. Yep. With, with Sam, what I like is this. Darnold, to me, 
there's a physical element to his build that's a little yes, different sir. than Bridgewater. And he, he's, he's yes, not sir. Newton. I mean, no one's Newton. Man, Newton's damn mm-hmm. a the Julius yeah, Peppers. He's one, he's one of one. <laughs> Newton's, yeah, one Newton's one. got that, that Julius Peppers frame. So you ain't going to yeah, replicate that. But Sam got that Carson Palmer type of build. He's tough. But mm-hmm. he also, he's more athletic than Palmer was. Mad Rule has talked about Sam just being Sam, settling down, getting out of that New York market mindset and just distributing the football. And I think in this game, they'll have an opportunity. Joe Brady, you know he loves the intermediate game. He loves the the, the short intermediate passing, and he loves the rhythm timing stuff with McCaffrey. That's going to be even bigger this year. But I think in this game, given the lack of depth they have on the other side with the Jets in terms of pass rush, I love Quentin Williams. Mm-hmm. They got Franklin Myers. He's a very, very young, good defensive end there. They've got some young guys. They've got two guys that are converted safeties playing linebacker now. It's a hot mess. I mean, it's you look at their their lineup, and they've got a lot of issues there in terms of pass rush and coverage. I think what Sam needs is one good game with this offensive line to jail. You need Irving and Elfline mm-hmm. and Paradis to show everybody, even if it's not against the fierce and foursome, that, okay, you know, Twitter's freaking out that Irving sucks and Elfline sucks. And, look, there's some tape that mm-hmm. would suggest they have some holes in their game. They've got to make sure mm-hmm. that they protect Sam enough to where in this type of game where Robbie wants to run the seam, if they want to get in a 12-22 personnel and run one of those quick change play actions on first down, take a deep shot – Give him a little mm-hmm. bit of time because, Sam, that ball comes mm-hmm. off his hand a hell of a lot different than a quarterback we've seen here in years. Man, to piggyback off of that, John, I mean, this, this I, 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 I agree 100%. I think that, uh, like you speak on the physicality of Sam, right? Uh, he, he's not scared to stand in there and take that tough hit or run out of there and drop his shoulder to pick up some extra yard. Yeah. I love that about him. And uh, I think that he, he's one of the players that leads by example. And he goes out there and he really uh, put, puts his heart down in it. And he play, and he goes hard. And uh, with with the O-line, like you said, with Cam, I believe he settled in. Every, every player that comes to a new squad, you got to give them that learning curve because you have to learn a whole new system. You have to learn these players. You got to just get acclimated with a new environment. So all these guys are, are, are getting acclimated. That's why I said uh, the fan base, man, don't 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 panic. Please don't panic because it just mm-hmm. it looks one way in the preseason, but that's not how it's going to be in the game. And like I said, it's it's great to have a quarterback that can complement your defense. I mean, your offensive line. Yeah. Uh, Sam Donald would definitely complement what we have on our offensive line. That's why I feel good about it. I talked to a scout and he mentioned how high the team was in general on Sam in the draft. Um, and they, I think, all felt like, okay, look, and, and, you know, there's reports about this, that they were in on Matt Stafford. They were trying to make a deal for mm-hmm. Stafford at one point. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's situation is an absolute mess, um, and I think mm-hmm. we all had interest in Watson at one point, <laughs> but we've mm-hmm. got to let that play out. And and I think once the team understood yep, yep. where they were with that and, and the sourcing I've heard from this is what they like about Sam – is the traits again he has the traits what he lacked in new york was the weapons obviously the coaching wasn't as good as it could have been with adam gase and the protection failed him and now he look i'm just again i'm, I'm looking at a, a visual depth chart here Moore, anderson slot with marshall mccaffrey dan arnold 
Oh yeah, Ian Thomas, by the way, bring him off the bench. Want to maul some people? There's Tommy Trimble playing the H-back. Mm. They have Royce Freeman as a backup now. They have Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. I, I think, you know, it's it's a big year for Sam because if they can give him the time to run some of the deeper stuff. Again, the rhythm game, I don't think they'll have problems holding up too much. Even Elfline, who's struggled at times. The rhythm passing game, the, the short intermediate stuff, the mesh concepts, they're going to be able to get that stuff done because it's all quick. McCaffrey will present matchup nightmares. But let's flip to the other side of the ball. Zach Wilson. This is an interesting prospect, a you know, kid from BYU who showed some elite traits in terms of his arm. Obviously, you know, there are some question marks about the level of competition he faced. I, I, I don't put too much into that. I do like the fact, if I'm Carolina, that, you know, you've got some injury concerns on the other side at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They're not at 100%. Mm-hmm. They have some right. young guys. Moore is mm-hmm. a very good young receiver they drafted. Corey Davis, physical guy, 6'3". Uh, they do have some injury concerns. Uh, Cole, it looks like, is going to be a game-time decision. Uh, Jamison Crowder is not going to play. So, again, from a defensive perspective, you just take yourself back. You're, you're Stanley McClover, but you're playing in, in the year 2021. What is your mentality defensively, particularly on that front line, for a quarterback in his first game on the road? What are you doing to try to get him off his game early? I'm sending him, John. Um, I'm, I'm sending the whole out. Um, I, me, my mindset, I'm very aggressive as a, as a football player. Mm-hmm. I believe the, the more pressure that is applied on the offense, the easier it is to create turnovers. Mm-hmm. I think that we have the speed. We have the speed to actually get home on these blitzes. If not get home, cause a whole lot of disruption and create turnovers. So um, this first game with a, with a kid coming, he's on the road. He got his, well, I ain't going to call him a kid, but a rookie coming <laughs> on, on the road uh Against a against a very 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 young fast and aggressive defense. Yeah, we got to remember during the preseason, we haven't seen this type of aggression in a while. No, no, no. From our defense to where they was fighting that, every every practice. That's a great point. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you just and just you know, you know what I'm saying, John? Yeah, dude. The camp, camp, I could see it when when the first couple days of camp, they it looked a little benign, and then I think Phil finally said, "Fuck it." We're <laughs> And I think Matt probably told him that too. It's, it's right. time to time to dial it up and let's see what Sam can do. And even in the joint practices, and that's where you really, because you know how joints work. There's a gentleman's agreement. This is how we're going to do it. That no tape is shared around the league with those practices, so it's very hush hush. The intensity level in the joint practice against Baltimore was off the damn chain, and I, I just mm-hmm. go back to some of the the, the pressure that Phil Snow dialed up. I, I, I think you're right. You, you do. You do that, you, you put yourself in the spot. Because I think they have the matchups outside to hold you up. You got to, John. You, you got to, John. We got speed. Scott knew exactly what he was doing, man. He knew what he was doing bringing the guys in that he bought in. Oh, yeah. These guys have length and they have speed. So if we don't get home, we're going to get some balls tipped. We're going to get some pressure on these on these quarterbacks, and we're going to get some pressure on these receivers. Yeah. So if, if, you, if you got a guy like Jeremy Chin blitzing up, screaming off the edge, this guy's. I mean, we, we just talked about his speed ten minutes ago. Yeah, he gets there. If you remember the Denver game, mm-hmm. when he get there, he he brings he brings the, oh the hell, dude. That was comes. 
So and that that was a tough you game. Can't to, help. I mean, that was a tough game he's, defensively, he's a but that was coordinator's dream. Yeah. That game was tough defensively because I think they just they took advantage of some of the cover three and they got over the top a couple times. But man, Chin and Burns again in that game, and I come back. There was a, there was a play that Chin made. You talk about that mug up, and he 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 shoots the gap and gets the fumble, and, and Obata picks it up and almost goes to the house. Oh and, man, oh my God! And, and you're you're yeah, and this is where I love the fans, man. the fans back in the stadium. There's a play I looked at. I watched the whole all twenty two on that game after it was over, and there's a play that I can't get out of my mind. It's late in the game, okay, and 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 fuck everything else that's happened. You know how it is. Oh mm-hmm. shit, we giving up twenty eight point thirty five. What what the fuck ever? We're here now. Let's nut up and mm-hmm. let us get a stop. They got Denver backed up. They got to get the ball back. And your brother made a play on the on the run. I don't know if you remember this one, where he shot. Man, the you gap. know I remember. Doug. He shot the gap, and and there's like twenty people in the stands. That type of energy on opening day. If you, if you bring that intent, and you saw a little bit of that in that Baltimore game in the preseason, where they yeah. they stuffed Huntley. Oh my God! It just having Man, John, it, having having that environment back. Got in the game in the preseason. Every time they played, turnover, helmet coming off. Yeah, Burns. I mean, it was it was just excitement. Your two your two oh, best you, your two best edge rushers, two of the best edge rushers in the league, each had a pick in the preseason. Come on, man. Come, so come on, what does that tell you? That tells you other people are getting home, and that's a scary fucking thought if you're the other team. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, here we go. A few questions here from our friends on Twitter, because I know you love the fans, Mr. Hype Man. Then we're going to talk about hey, that. Man, I man love dude. my people. I love my people. All right, Stanley McClover. This is from the underscore real underscore Shane T. So it's Shane on Twitter. He's a good friend of ours. Do players get a fresh mm-hmm. jersey issued for each game? If so, what do they do with the other game jerseys? Every now and then there's a team giveaway or something like that, but we're talking 53 players, 16 or 17 games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. That's a lot of players. There's a very technical, uniform fashion question for you. You get a brand new jersey every game. At the end of the year, you get a you get a, a garbage bag full of full of your jerseys for the whole year. They get a brand new one every 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 week. All right, yep. um, this is from our good friend at Beach Panther fan. I love this guy. We talk a lot. Who has the second best bend? behind Brian Burns in the league. Obviously, he, he feels like Brian's got the best. Ooh. Can't argue. Who else out That's there? That's a great question. I mean, we're going to current players now. Who else rivals Brian with that bend? I have to go with Miles Garrett. He has a very tight corner. He's very athletic to be that big, man. I mean, I'm amazed by that guy. He, he, he's very big, man. And he turns that corner. And, 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 and John, it's a difference between turning the corner and, and tearing down the corner. <laughs> and, and, and Miles Gary, he turned it and he could tear it down. So you you have to get him. You have to give him that, man. You have to give him that. Miles Garrett is definitely a guy that's turning that corner. My my close third would be uh, T.J. Watt. Then after that, Yannick. Yeah, those are good ones, man. Yannick, I like him a lot. One thing I want the fans to appreciate about it about the defensive end position, not just because I played it or my brother plays it, but it's just uh, uh, it's it's a position that's very very complicated to play. 
You you got to work these moves, and you got to nine times out of ten, the person that you're going against is three four times bigger than you. Yeah. And then you have to you have to use moves when you're running full speed, up straight, up the field. So you have to you have to be very very uh, athletic and coordinated to even be a, a great pass rusher in the NFL. Your athletic ability has to be top notch. You know, it's on. It, that's why you have so many guys that's double digits, and then you have a whole drop off after that. You know, you have guys that nine, eight, six, seven. They yeah. can never get the double digits because it's just it's not that easy. It, it, it's it's very hard. You know, um, so I have a lot of respect for those guys that's rushing the pass. No doubt, that's a great point. Yeah, there, there's so many pieces to what goes into being, you know, not not only just a a a edge defender in terms of containment with run, reading your keys. You have to make these moves one or two seconds. Yeah. It's a split second decision. Timing. If the tackle yeah. body moves this way, you got to know to go that way. Absolutely. You know, can't yep. nobody teach you that. Can't nobody tell you that while you out there on the field. You have to know that. And, and trust me, John, if one of these guys put their hands on you, it's over. It's over. Yep. It's, I don't care who you are. This guy's three. Six, 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 350 pounds. Yeah. The defensive end position is just, is really not enough credit there because, I mean, at offensive line as well. They both deserve a lot of credit because that's, that's a tough position, bro. Let's talk about this. Keep pounding BR on Twitter. And this is a fun mm. account to follow here. This is Brazilian Panthers coverage, and they're great. Keep pounding BR has a question mm. for you. People always mm. talk about how moving – right tackle to left tackle on offense and how difficult it is technique-wise. Defensively, how is the transition from right end to left end or even defensive tackle in certain snaps easier, harder? It's definitely got to be a challenge if you're right dominant or left dominant to switch sides. Oh, yeah, for sure. It is something that you you must practice on. It's, it's, it's not easy as people may think. Um, when you're on the right side of the, of the line, you have to put your left hand down. Yeah. When you're on the left side of the line, you have to put your right hand down. Mm-hmm. When you put your right hand down, you have to put your inside foot back. When yeah. you put your left hand down, you put you got to put your inside leg back. So it's it's very hard. It's not easy. Yeah. And um, if you if you are right hand dominant and you're playing on the left side, you still have to be just as good as you were on the right side. And, and coaches don't have no understanding for you not being able to play on both sides because you're in the National Football League. Now, let me... So if you're not used to doing that in college, you're not going to last long in, in the NFL. So you, you, it's a must. It's required to be able to play on both sides of the ball. And it, what, But what is different when you play offense is totally different. Moving a right tackle to left tackle is totally different. Is That's something that's a whole other world for that right tackle. Because the, yeah. you, you're protecting the quarterback's blind side from the left. From the right, you're always going to face the defensive end that is not as good. Mm-hmm. On the left side, you're going to always get your top pass rusher over there. Yeah. So uh, it's, 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 a, it's way more complicated switching sides on the offensive line than it is on the defensive line. Defensive line, you just change your hands and you change your foot. And you and you, and you you get ready to go. The mm-hmm. offensive line, you have to change them that your whole technique. To even to even survive on the other side of the line. Let me tell you something that'll uh, that'll that'll tickle you here. Okay, we're just talking about you know how hard it is to to switch in terms <laughs> of where he lined up last year. Let me tell you snap count. Left end two hundred thirty eight, right end two hundred twenty, 
Right outside wow. linebacker, 113. Left outside linebacker, 94. Now, that's, that's fucking really hard wow. to account for. Wow. Because I know you saw it on tape, and you can get a feel for it. But when you look at the numbers, you, you don't have one thing to key on with Burns. And it maybe it changes a little bit with Reddick, but I don't think so because they move Reddick around a lot last year in Arizona. Oh, yeah. I think that's how they're going to use him still. It's sort of a a, a multi-dimensional chess piece. Yeah, there. He, but he's versatile. Brian is having success on the left and right side, off the ball, hand in the dirt, and you play you know right end. I, I've seen clips yes, of it. I mean, what? I was I was behind Julian. I take pride in being behind Julian Tupper. Behind Julian Tupper. And, and, and I don't have no problem with that. Hell no. Why and I would was, you? You know, I was that right defensive end. You know, I was that open side defensive end going against the left tackle uh, because that defensive end is the one that comes with the speed. Yeah. That's the playmaker. That's 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 your guy over there. And, yeah. and, and there's a lot of pressure on that defensive end as well because you're looking for him to get a sack, you know. Yeah. This, this, it's not that easy to get sacks for one. It's, it's almost it's, – it's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> so when you when they're depending on you to get the sack, and, and and that's your job, it makes it even that hard. And that's why I love about Brian so much is that those third downs we really need to get off this field. I mean, this man he delivers more times than none, and and you yeah. got to appreciate that as a defensive player. Yeah, I agree. Getting off the field. I agree. You know, it's six five. They they got him at six five two fifty at PFF. Do you think that's about right? Uh, he's a little heavier than that right now. So he bulked now. up a little bit, okay. Yeah, he, he's he's a little heavier than that right now. I ain't going to give it away because I, <laughs> I don't want y'all to start getting nervous, but he's definitely bigger oh, than I, that right now. Trust me, I see his frame. He reminds me of a young Bruce Irvin. Bruce was yes, Bruce was a, uh, an absolute animal with the um, with Seattle. He, he spent a little time here, too. I thought Bruce, I, I, honestly, that was Brian's rookie year. I, I thought mm-hmm. Bruce played. He played hurt and he played hard, and I really enjoyed he played, watching. He played, he played damn good that year. He did, he but, damn good. but but I see a lot of those similar traits. But I think he's got a higher ceiling than, than Irvin overall. <laughs> this is from uh, Zoli on Twitter at Z O L I I. Go follow our friend here, Stanley McClover. What is your most memorable moment from your playing years? Let's go college first, and then Carolina Panthers or Houston or wherever second. My my most memorable game and moment in college, uh, it has to come against Alabama. I got four sacks against Alabama my last year at Carolina. I mean, uh, at uh, Auburn. Yep. It was one of the best games I ever played in my life. Uh, I, I I actually, you know, we hated Alabama. I, I still do. You I think? still don't like Alabama at <laughs> Wait, all. Wait, you you played for yes. what? Let me guess. You played for a, a little college <laughs> called Auburn, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a little so that, bit of hatred that hate, there. That hate, that hate run deep, man, and it's still there. And uh, so it was it was great for me to go out there and get one of those type of games uh, on my way to uh, going to the NFL. It, it, was, it was a beautiful moment for me. I'll never forget it. Um, that was my college days. And in the NFL, uh, I didn't I didn't play as much as I would love to. Uh, like, like I just said, I was behind the best defensive end that ever played. Yeah. So, but I will say, I will say my best memories from Carolina is just really just learning. Yeah. I have to be honest, we're just learning from Julius and Mike Rucker and being around those guys, um, being able to play, being able to get the whole experience, uh, getting close with guys like Steve Smith, uh, Mike Mentor, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Moosey Muhammad. Like all, the, I met all these guys, and I'm, I'm close to these guys. And yeah. I don't think I would ever be in a situation where I could have met these type of people in my life. So uh, it wasn't so much about what I did on the field when I played here. It was it was more about what I learned from the people that was here, and I was able to apply that to my life, and not only to my life but to my brother's life, and it ended up, you know, naturally bringing him here and bringing me back here. So I can't do nothing but be thankful for the values and the lessons that I learned now, from just let, being here for three years. Let me let me speak to you as a as just a like I said as a friend here as somebody who watched your career in college and, and I think you and I are about the same age. I think how 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 the hell old are you now? I'm 36 right now. Shit, I'm fuck. I'm 40, man. <laughs> Enjoy your youth, Lucci. Man, um, you look good. You look good. Shit, 40, nah, yeah, I look good for a corpse. You're right. Um, <laughs> I look a lot better with about 30 pounds off me. Let, let me just say this, okay? Uh, um, mm-hmm. It's one of the things that intrigued me the most about your story. It's not the fact that you know your your brother w- was a All American at, at Florida State and, and a blue chip prospect and is a Carolina Panther. Look, I I grew up as a teenager as a Panthers fan. My story is Mm -hmm. I I decided about two years ago to to pass that off to my kids. Okay. Y'all enjoy it because it's my turn to just look at this objectively. And I enjoy the game more now than I used to. And what Mm -hmm. I also enjoy, and I I pull for the team to do well, obviously, I'm not going to lie to you, but if you're going to be taken seriously as somebody who analyzes this game you have to establish that right off the bat that you're not walking around and waving pom-poms and and i'm not going to do that but your story and you mentioned you know very humbly just now you know you had the 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 four sack game against alabama you're player of the week in the sec in 2005 and then your career at the carolina panthers I'll say this, I watched you play during that time and I saw the mm-hmm. motor and I saw the hustle and I knew what you had invested in this. And mm-hmm. we've talked about this before when they brought in Tyler Brayton as a sort of a run stuffing, you know, yes, sort sir. of five technique. But the experiences, here's what you've done. And this is what being, you know, family is all about, whether it's a dad with my kids, whether it's you as a big brother. Uh, I'm sure you've had people in your life mentor you this way. You've mentioned a few already, Julius Peppers, Rucker, mm-hmm. who you, you once told me you, you would, if you were in a back alley, Mike Rucker is the guy you'd want. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Mike with me. I'm taking Mike Rucker in the, in the, in the alley with me. In the alley with you. And, yes, and sir. Damian Lewis and, and the veteran core. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you know, Foxy and, and Sal and, and you know, your relationship with Marty oh, Herney and, and just some some great relationships. It's a relationships business. And what mm-hmm. you've done that makes me so happy, and this gets into our last little segment here called Hype Man, and we want to talk about that, is your dedication to not only your brother, but but also this organization. An organization that, that is a, it's a tough business. You know, they, they yeah. gave you an opportunity. You had, you were stuck behind, like you said, probably the best defensive end I've ever seen play. I know that, Julius Peppers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys would have left the league very bitter about that. I know guys mm-hmm. that are out of the league in, 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 in no time. And they have, a, you know, three or four years, and they make a few bucks. and But they leave so angry because they feel so wrong. And I, I, I don't know what your journey was in between – you know, when your career ended and, and when I got to know you, but I've always known mm-hmm. you to be a stand-up guy and, and your 
ability to take those experiences, bittersweet as they may have been, and and inject them into your brother's DNA and help him develop into the guys that you learned under. That's a legacy. And, and that's why mm-hmm. your story is so great, my friend. And, and it's going to be one of the best stories in the league over the next 15 years to watch the two of you guys continue to shine together in your role, in Brian's role. I, I know he is proud of you. I know you're proud as hell of him. Yes, sir. But yes, sir. I, I'm just telling you, as a, as a friend and as somebody who understands the game, hats off to you, Stanley, because it, it it's why I'm friends with you. Because it, it shows so much integrity on your part to take what could have been a disappointing ending for you in Carolina and take something positive from it and say, hey, brother, Brian, look what I learned. You know, it, mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't end the way it was. I, I didn't end up in the Hall of Fame. I'm sure you all dream to be in a Hall of Famer one day. Everybody does. Of course, of course. But it takes so much to get to the NFL, and you made it. And then you took that experience from some of those greats, and you helped your brother develop. And, and Brian gets all the credit, obviously, but you deserve a lot of it, too. It brings me to where you are now. You're the hype man. I've been talking with you for for the better part of a year and a half, two years now. Didn't really know each other. We got to know each other on Twitter. I think we just traded a couple clips uh, Mm -hmm. of Brian wreaking havoc, and then we started talking film. And you're in a role now where a fan base has been, let's just face it, punched in the gut over the past couple years. COVID didn't help with that. that. That has been a problem spot globally and that really sucked the life out of that stadium and every stadium across america last year before that it was the 2019 season brian's rookie year i know he had his ups and downs but he shined at times kyle allen tried his best but cam newton was the story and everything was wrapped in turmoil and and there was a new owner who is still trying to get his footing 2018 did not end well And, and now you're in a position and look I, I, my hat's off to you because the energy in that stadium, one of the quotes I remember from Jerry Richardson, your old, uh, you know, boss, was yes, sir. When, when they fired George Seifert, one of the things he said that always stuck with me, and people have a varying degree of opinions about Jerry Richardson, but one of the things he said that rung true was the energy has been sucked out of this stadium. The last game of that season, 2001, the 15th loss of the season, 15th in a row, was in front of the eventual world champion New England Patriots, clinching the AFC East, in front of about 5,000 people. It was brutal. And that's the day they fired George Seifert and hired John Fox a few weeks later. Stanley, tell me about your journey. What piqued your interest in terms of taking, not only your experiences as a player and helping your brother, but coming back home and, and trying to help this team rejuvenate the energy in the bank? Man, I'm going to be brutally honest with you, John, because you're my guy. Um, when Brian turned 23 years old, um, I realized that as a big brother, I, I got to let go. Mm-hmm. I can't continue to uh, just be so much in his world to where he can't walk on his own. Uh, I, I have so much love for my brother. Uh, a lot of people may not know. I mean, they know I love him. But Did he have that conversation with you, Stanley, or is that something you just sensed? Oh, no, he, he never had that conversation yeah. with me. I, it's, it's just something that. I told myself as a brother, intuition, right? For me to, yeah, yeah. I just, I just felt it. Uh, Brian, Brian's a, he's a grown man now, you know, and I respect him. I respect where he, 
where he's king, and uh, he don't need me to be hovering over him so much no more. No. He don't need me to follow him everywhere. He don't need me to, all right, bro, let's watch film, or let's let's go out here and get some work. He, I mean, he really he, he doesn't need me at that point. Yeah. I think I've done my job. And, uh, and it was hard for me, John. I'm not going to be honest with you. It was very hard for me to kind of uh, take my hands off of him because yeah. I love him so much. Damn the football. That's my brother. That's my baby brother. Yeah. You know, that, that's somebody that if he hurt, I hurt. If somebody talk about him, I take I take it very personal. Of you know, course, I, I, yeah. that's that's my brother. So, yeah, it's family. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I knew I had to let him go and let him flourish as a man. Yeah. And let him and let him feel like that that he that he's doing this thing for him, yeah. and um, so I, I decided to let him go. I decided to try to focus back on Stanley, and uh, take get out of his world so much. So I told myself, you know what, I I need to do something with all this love and passion that I got inside of me. I can't mm. play football no more. Uh, I'm kind of tapped out on my coaching with Brian because he's at expert level now. Yep. So it's like, what do I do now? And I just, you know, I said, you know what? I'm just going to start showing love to the fan base. I'm just going to start telling them great morning every morning. I'm just, I'm going to start doing giveaways. I'm going to be that person that, you know, if you you maybe never thought you can go to a game, but I'll be the one to take you to a game. Or I could be the one to give you an autograph Brian Burns jersey or mm-hmm. autograph Christian McCaffrey's jersey, something that I know a fan would would love to have. Something that would probably be nothing for me to get. I felt like if I can do that for the fans, that would that would replace the love that I was spewing on my brother. Like I can focus somewhere else. And I started just focusing on the fans, interacting with them, talking to them every day. You know, just just getting their their opinion about things, showing them love, yeah. and genuinely just doing this to give myself another another just somewhere to pour this passion. And I was just thankful that Carolina acknowledged what I was doing. Uh, they, they seen me, and they sent me a plaque that said I was the ultimate hype man. I remember it. And yeah. I took that. Yeah, I took that, brother, and I and I really, you know, that meant a lot to me. Probably a regular person would probably say, you know, thank you, Carolina. I appreciate it, and they're going about their day. But yeah. me, I took it, and I was like, man, damn, this means a whole lot to me. Oh, absolutely. This, I mean, just to even be back here. Fifteen years later, man, for them to even pay me any attention, I took that. I took it so serious that I named my name. I named myself Hype Man Lucci, and I and I took it serious. And I was like, you know what? My job is going to be to bring that energy back to this fan base. I I I felt like I can be a positive light to the to the fan base, and and I offered myself, and I, you know, I, and I said, that's just what I'm going to do. And it ended up working out for me. And then I went out there to the Fan Fest. That was my first time doing it. And the fans interacted with me so well. And I was, you know, I felt that love from the people. And it was something that I see, I could see myself doing. And I and I gave it my all. And I'm here now. And I'll be doing it for the rest of the season. And it's yeah. just, I can't, I can't even explain how I feel about it. You know, it's just a full circle for me, for my career to not pan out the way I wanted it to be. Trust me, I wanted to be everything that Brian is right now. Of course, I wanted to be the number one defensive end. And, you know, everything that he has, of course I wanted it. Yeah. But I had no problem with dreaming and, and hoping and praying that my brother got it. If I didn't get it, well, God, please let him get it. Let one of us feel what it feels like to be the best. Yeah. And, 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 and he answered those prayers 
and he also gave me an opportunity to be a part of my brother's success and watch him physically be right here on the sideline and I'm watching him do what he do and it's just the greatest gift God could ever give anybody well anybody like me myself included the greatest gift I could ever get you know and I'm, I'm very super thankful of it I don't take one day for granted I'm thankful that Carolina embraced me and they let me do my thing and you know I, I'm, I'm just so thankful John I'm thankful for every everything that that's going on you know I could be anywhere right now but I'm back with my brother and I'm on the field with him I might not, I might not be playing with him but I'm definitely on the field with him and that's to me that's everything I can ask for well it, look it like I told you Stan it, it's a story that is 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 you couldn't have scripted it in Hollywood I want to tell people where to find you it's at s McClover jr on Twitter y'all probably already know that you go to Instagram, s.mcclover, Facebook, Hype Man Lucci, and, and for the boomers out there, that's L-O-O-C-H-I-E. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and if you go there, what you're going to see, folks, is you're going to see Stanley McClover, a, a guy that he just mentioned, and he mentioned it beautifully, it's time to move on, and it's time to find your voice and to find yourself. And there's times yes, where sir. you have to hover as, as a parent. I mean, obviously, I was an older brother myself. My proud as hell of my younger brother. He's a football savant, too. We do a lot of work together. Mm-hmm. And with, with my mm-hmm. kids, it's the same. And, and the feeling of knowing you can be content with how whatever ended ended. But also come back. And, and, and not for every story we hear in the NFL, Stanley, there, there are stories about guys who retire and they end up being pieces of shit. And that's just mm-hmm. that, that that's that's the human element. But you mm-hmm. don't hear about stories like this or like other players who are doing positive things with themselves, with their life, post career, particularly players, Stanley, I'm gonna be honest with you here, just straight up. Players that probably walked away from the game without fulfilling what they felt was their potential. And I know right. we've talked about yes, that. Sir. You felt that way. But for you again mm-hmm. to channel that into where you are now. The merchandising, the branding. I love the logo, by the way. God almighty. Thank you, brother. It's good, and it's tailgating with Lucci, by the way. You're over there at 1327 South Mint Street. Uh, Is that Hot Fly Brewing Company? Do I have that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so listen. What's the deal there? I mean, this is coming up here on Sunday. I I may or may not be there. And it's a a game-time decision, Stanley. Okay, I'm just going to say that. Game time. <laughs> I, I my 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 rule is credentials. I I, I can get myself a credential. I, I'm gonna try to not do that too often because I've got kids. They want to go mm-hmm. to the game. I can't take them in the press box. I don't even know if they want my ass up there. That's fine. <laughs> but if I want to tailgate with Lucci on September 12th and yes, talk sir. with Lucci about you know his story and talk about football, just talk about life and crack a beer and enjoy life. Yes, sir. Tell me about this event. It's the it's obviously the the season opener. It's going to be packed in uptown. You know, it's a great environment down there. Promote this thing mm-hmm. for me. Tell me what's going on. Man, it, it's strictly for the Panthers fans. Man, it is it, it, it's free. Um, all I ask is just bring your energy, bring your hypeness. Uh, we haven't tailgated in the whole year. Uh, I think it's something that the fans need. Uh, it's a fan experience. I'll be taking four fans from my tailgate directly to the game, the ones that didn't have a ticket. I'm doing that every home game, yep. every 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 tailgate. Uh, we'll be giving away jerseys. 
there'll be formal player appearances at Mattel Gate. Oh, it's just it's it's strictly for the fans. I want you to be pregame ready for if you're going down in that stadium or if you're watching the game at, at my tailgate. I want you to be hyped and turned up and ready to go and ready to be that 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 give our team that home advantage that we need. And and, and like I said, I'll be there snapping pictures and, and, and talking with people, and then y'all will see me go right from from the tailgate to the stadium, and I'm hyping up ninety thousand. So it's 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 a beautiful experience. Um, now listen, no, 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 wait a minute, no, 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 listen, hold on, let me stop you, let me stop you. Are, are you are you are you a wine and cheese? Are you going to be up in the in the in the box, nice and cool? Luxury oh, box? No, sir, you, I'm, you, I'm you, you're going to be you're going to be sweating it out. I'm I want to hear that. I'm with the people. I'm with the people, man. <laughs> you'll be sporting the number the zero, right? The number zero yes, jersey. Sir, that, now, that's my number. Quick question: Here, are you going to wear? Are you wearing the white one or black one, or, or do you have to do you have to align with what the team's wearing? Are they going all white? Is that is that where we're at? Uh, I, I don't know what the jersey is tomorrow, but I, I have whatever color I need to put on. And, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's my uniform. Yeah. That zero that that zero means full circle for me. That's awesome. Uh, I made it all. I made it back. Yeah. Um, and it was a long journey. It was. It was. It wasn't easy getting here to this point. And like I just told you, John, I never seen hype man Lucci coming. You know, it was something that I had to. It just fell in my lap because I I had to make one of the toughest decisions of my life, which was to take my take my hands off my brother, who I love so much, and I feel like I, you know, I, I have to be there for him. But I knew that it was time for him to grow up, yeah. and time for me to find my own way, and to get this. After I did that, was was nothing but just a, a blessing, man. And I'm I'm thankful again. I just want to say that again. I'm so thankful for the fans and the love that I've been receiving, and uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just happy to be here, and I, and I hope that we have a great year. I know that we will, and I'm gonna make sure that I do my job and, and try my best to keep that stadium hype at all times. You've earned it, my friend, Stanley McClover, better known as Lucci, the hype man, and he is going to be sporting the number zero, which yes, represents sir. full circle, the former Carolina yes, Panther sir. and the big brother, but no longer the helicopter brother of the great yes, Brian Burns. We got, look, it's, it's 1230 midnight. It's time to wrap this shit up. Here's what we're going to do. You and I will talk. And yes, we're going to continue to talk. And just to tease some fans out there, I don't even think Lucci and I know where we're going with this yet. But we've been talking back and forth on text for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I get a text file. I'll be I'll be sitting there like half awake. I get a text like, "Bro, it's time. We got to do yeah. this." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, we're gonna fucking do this." And I think you mm-hmm. and I are, are gonna just continue to to try to do some things like this throughout the season as much as you can obviously with your time um and, and you know i've got a few things going on but you know i'm always making time for for stanley mcclover and thank you john man i just want to say to the fans man just 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 get out those seats man stand up and get loud uh let, let's let's be that home advantage that we that our team need we got a young team and they're gonna feed off our energy if we just sitting in there and we not we can they're not getting hype, man, it's gonna lead sprinkle off on the team. So if we get everybody in there and we get loud and we make some noise, yeah, man, it can really create a difference with our team. And if, if that can get spread around the fan base, that's something that we'll we'll see a change created immediately. 
And you come and you be ready to prepare to lose your damn voice. Nothing better than an opening day win at home. And I'm telling you, it's been a minute since that happened. Luchi, we'll see you Sunday, baby. Thanks for joining me, man. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, John. I appreciate you having me, baby. All right. That's the hype man, Stanley McClover, right here on the Roar Podcast on Blue Wire. Coming up on Monday, Billy Marshall and I break down the Jets-Panthers game, give you the full rundown, statistically matchups. We'll look at the All-22 next week and tell you what happened right here on the Roar Blue Wire podcast. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details.